0: Hi, you're listening to Taming the Terminal, Part 11 of N, Text Files. This series of discussions is based on a collection of tutorials I wrote over at bartb.ie forward slash ttt. This originally aired as part of MozillaCast episode 447, hosted at potfeet.com. I'm Bart Bouchotts, and the other voice you're about to hear is Alison Sheridan, host of the NosillaCast podcast. Yes, some terminal to tame.
1: Yay! Part 11 of N.
0: Yeah, N is probably going to be a big number by the looks of things. It's <laughs> at least a two-digit number now. Um, I had said that we would be moving on into the environment, and I started preparing show notes for the environment, and then I realized that I had left out some foundation work. Because when we start to tinker with the environment, we're going to need to read and edit files. I haven't told you how to do that yet. Oh, that's fun. So we probably should do that. It's, it's obviously surprisingly important. And it's kind of weird that we've gotten to a, you know, we've done 10 episodes and haven't needed to edit a file yet, but uh, now we do.
1: I've wanted to edit uh, a file. I can tell you that.
0: Well, yeah, we we have done it. but last part of the series. Right, right. So before we go to editing, let's start simpler by reading, (laughs) which is even more basic. So the first and simplest command for reading a text file is the command cat. Which has nothing to do with felines and, um.
1: How many people wrote in to say that it means concatenate?
0: At the very least, Alistair did.
1: Oh, actually, okay. I, I don't. Or was it I, Donald? I well, people wrote in on the blog. People sent me emails. I, I, at least a half a dozen people said, Bart, it stands for concatenate. I didn't send them <laughs> okay, all. Okay, so you. there was a
0: herd of cats.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: And concatenate <laughs> yeah, so means to cat-nate. stick
1: things together.
0: Yes, which is what you can use it for. But in this case, we're going to stick the content of the file to the screen.
1: (laughs) Okay. That's all that means. Okay.
0: Well, that's all that means for now, because we haven't covered what I call plumbing. When we get to plumbing, it'll make more sense. But for now, just take it as given. If you want to take the content of a file and print it out, use cat. So cat space, the path to the file. So as an example, I have in the show notes, cat space slash etc slash ntp dot conf. Which, if you're curious, is the configuration file for the network time protocol, which probably says something sensible like, um, time.apple, time.europe.apple.com. If you're in Europe or something like that.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's mindset well, server time.apple.com so that I spit yeah, it out on that- screen.
0: Yeah, it just takes the content file and puts it out to the screen. And in fact, if you if, if you were so inclined, if you say we're running your own network time server because you had an atomic clock in the basement, you could change that to server space your IP address. Mm. You could use your own time server, but best to leave it the way Apple puts it, to be honest. Um, so that's all straightforward enough, but uh, it doesn't work so well as files get longer. So the other example I have there is cat /etc/man. dot conf, which is the configuration file for the man command we talked about last time. And this is more than one screen long, and then the problem with cat soon becomes apparent. Because it just scrolls scroll, scroll. Okay. Yeah. And then you gotta scroll up and find where the top is and then start reading down. And if you do something that's a few thousand lines long, finding the top so you can start to read is actually <laughs> exceptionally annoying. Right, right. So what we really want is a command that will allow us to digest the content at our own pace. And in Unix speak that's actually called a pager because it shows hmm. us content one page at a time. Um, so historically, the pager of choice was always a command called more.
1: Ah, uh, you know, I almost asked you at the beginning, because I said, I thought you were supposed to say more, and I typed it, and it gave me the same answer, so I was going to say that. I'm glad I didn't uh, jump ahead.
0: Well, if you do more now on the config page, you'll see that it now... So on such etc, it says man.conf, it now does something more useful because instead of scrolling it all by, which is more than one screen full, it'll scroll the first screen and then it'll stop. And then you can either use the down arrow or the enter key to move one line at a time or the space bar to move a whole page at a time.
1: Okay, so that's just it.
0: like we were doing before with... um Inside man, in fact, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. okay. Yeah.
0: So, and that's much more... Useful than just having it barf, barf past. Um, but more has been superseded by a more modern and more powerful pager, which is uh, rather humorously called less. And the reason <laughs> it's called less is because we all know that less is more.
1: <laughs> At least they have super, a good senses yeah. of humor, right?
0: Yeah. So less is actually what we are, what we, what we should be using these days. And you've already been using less because man uses less. Hmm. So every time you're viewing a man page, the page you're being used by man is less. So all of those commands we learned last time, like the U key and so forth for moving up, all of that stuff, the slash key for searching, that all works in less, because it is in fact less that you're using without knowing it.
1: Okay, I don't get What's the difference between less and more?
0: More doesn't have all those powerful features.
1: Oh, so if you're in more, you wouldn't be able to use the U key to go
0: up? Yeah, or the slash key to search. Now... Okay. There's a slight little aside in here because OS X is slightly different. OS 10 has tricked you into thinking you have more. You don't have more on your Mac. If you type more space minus minus version, it will admit to the fact that it is actually less. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so Apple have actually put two copies of the less command on your Mac and called one of them more, just for those people who have more in their muscle memory. But So on a Mac, less is literally more. Whereas on most Linux distros, they genuinely do still have more. So if you're using Ubuntu or CentOS, you should mentally put yourself in the habit of typing less, because you're actually going to get a better pager if you do that. Because if you type more, you're getting the EOL more, which is just okay. not as good. Okay. So um, less is actually really quite powerful. So every, just about every Unix and Linux machine has something called the dictionary file. And OS 10 is no exception. On OS 10, you'll find the dictionary file in slash user slash share slash dict slash words. And that file is 235,886 lines long. Okay. And less will digest that for you without the slightest bother. So if you type less space slash user slash share slash dict slash words, it will load up in seconds and you can search there. So if you type forward slash donkey and hit enter, you will find that all sorts of donkey related words, including ones I'd never heard of before, actually. Uh,
1: let me just that here. Wait. Oh, you just said to use the uh, slash to do a search?
0: Yeah, just like we did in man last week.
1: Okay. Oh, I have a problem. I have got to fix this while we're playing. Um, in uh, Text Expander, you can have it automatically capitalize the beginning of every sentence for you. Oh. <laughs> uh, so that I'm, that having to, so good. I'm having to undo it every time. Uh, let's see. Last space slash user slash paste slash dis slash, oh, words, there we go. Sorry, I had a typo. I like typing it myself. Well, yeah, that's
0: more hands-on. Okay. So then if you type forward slash donkey without capitalizing it and hit enter, you'll find that there's such a thing as donkeyism. Oh. And donkeyish. And donkey work. And God knows we've all done a bit of that. <laughs> But so the less command has happily searched through those 100,000 lines for the pattern we were looking for. And really, So cool. less is really quite powerful. Okay. So less is probably the single most important command to remember from today as far as reading files. But I do want to introduce you to another pair of commands that are actually really quite useful. And I call them a pair because they really do go together. Um, they're head and tail. <laughs> You're just having fun with us this time. I'm telling you, the people who wrote these text file-related Unix commands, they have a sense of humor. So head shows you the first 10 lines of a file. So if you have a really big file, you can do head on the dictionary there, and you'll just see a couple of A words. And tail does the opposite, shows you the last 10 lines of a file. Okay. Now, where this comes in spectacularly handy is if you want to answer the very simple question, what date ranges are covered in my logs? You can simply head the log file to see the first date in the log file and tail the log file to see the last date in the log file. And oftentimes that saves you a lot of hassle because log files, on, especially on a server, could be literally gigabytes big. So just being able to get 10 lines and 10 lines from each end is spectacularly useful. Now, in actual fact, you don't have to get just 10. So both the head and tail commands will accept an argument of the form minus and then a number, and then they'll show you that number of lines. So... So the examples I have in the show notes are for the system log on OS 10. If you're not using OS 10, mentally rewrite those examples to var log messages instead of var log system.log. So if you say head space minus 50 or tail space minus 50 slash var slash log slash system.log, you'll see the first 50 lines of the log file.
1: So minus 50 means the first 50?
0: So if it's, if it's head minus fifty, it means the first fifty. If it's tail minus fifty, it means the last. Oh, okay, 50.
1: right, right, right.
0: So you've head and tail. Okay. So if you just want to see the first line and the last line, head minus one, tail minus one.
1: Okay. That just spit a bunch uh, of crap on my screen. I don't know what it is, but I believe you.
0: Log file entries in your system log. Okay. The important thing is each line starts with a date, so then you can oh, just Oh,
1: I see it. I see, yeah.
0: So you can tell how often OSN rotates logs. Okay. Um, tail has one final trick that I think we do need to know about, which is that tail can actually watch a file in real time. And as more lines are stuck onto the end of it, print them out for you. So you're effectively watching a log file grow or any other file that's being written to.
1: That's kind of cool.
0: Yeah. So the magic command, uh, the magic flag to go into that mode is minus F. Okay. the important thing to say before you hit enter on any minus F command is it's never going to quit. It's going to stay there forever. So control C is how you get out.
1: So it's not Q like we've
0: been doing before. No, it's control C. End it. Okay. So if you type tail space minus F space, and the example I've given, because really to see this in action, we want to force some log entries to go by. So if you're on OS ten, the easiest way to do that is the App Store log. So if you type tail space minus F space slash var slash log slash app store dot log, Mm-hmm. And then open the app store up and start clicking through the tabs and click and check for updates. You can just see these log entries whoosh by in real time.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, yeah.
0: And so t- tail minus F is your best friend when you're troubleshooting something.
1: Oh, and, uh, that, that is good. I was trying to, uh, figure out why feeder was crashing this week. And, uh, this hmm. would have been cool to have this running real time to look at it.
0: Except, yeah, of course, it, the logs weren't
1: the showing bug. any failures, but.
0: <laughs> oh. Well, if there is a log file that is showing you some failures, you can use tail minus -f on that log file to watch those failures in real time, and so that as you're tinkering with stuff, you'll know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So definitely one of the best ones to learn tail minus -f for any sort of you know debugging or troubleshooting you might have to do.
1: And you so know, between what can- it's doing while you're while you're looking at the App Store, man, it's looking at Clarify, it's looking at FaceTime, it's looking at I mean,
0: checking all your apps for updates and all that kind of stuff. Yeah.
1: Oh, good gracious. That's a but, lot. But it's
0: It's just text. Text is tiny.
1: Took 0.00 seconds, apparently.
0: (laughs) That was quick. Yeah. Okay. So between cat, more or less, head and tail, we've pretty much covered looking at the files. Right. You promised we could open them. Yes. Well, edit them. Mm -hmm. So that's the next step. Now, there's two sort of classifications of text editor in the command line world. You have plain old simple editors, and then you have the power editors. Um. The simple editors are very easy to learn, but they don't really do very much. They're just like Notepad on on the GUI land. They're they're just text editors, no power, but you can edit text. Okay. The power commands, on the other hand, are like IDEs. They're they're literally like your most expensive developers' program tools.
1: IDE stands for integrated development environment, by the way.
0: Indeed, it does. And so they have all sorts of power features, macro functionality. They can be tied straight into compilers. They do syntax highlighting. They're just pro tools. But the downside is that those pro tools, the price you pay for the power is they have a learning curve, quite a significant learning curve. And if you only use it once in a while. So the more often you use it, the easier it gets. And also the things you do often you'll remember, and then you may need some help with the other stuff. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to start with the easy ones, and then I'm going to say to you, you may now mentally tune out. And then we're just going to quickly talk about the, and some examples of the more complicated editors, and I promise that for the rest of this series, I'm never going to assume that you know how to do the difficult ones, and that you're always going to be able to get away with the easy ones whenever we have to do text editing.
1: Okay, so if I just sit quietly and wait.
0: Yeah, so basically the people who want to learn more, We'll give them a taste of what's out there and okay. everyone else can just, you know, pretend we're static. Tune okay. Out. Sounds good. And since you always stick me at the very end of your show anyway, I think that works.
1: <laughs> I don't think the whole anybody, is- I, I got to tell you about it. I've always told you this is my big fear is if I cut the show in half and made chit chat a separate piece, nobody would listen to my half. So uh, <laughs> I know you think it's the other way around, but it's not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think initially the fear was that people wouldn't like the chit chatty nature because uh, the, the show before we did this was different. Yeah. That's true. Anyway, anyway, so let's start easy editing. So there is, again, a pair of editors, but this time it's slightly different. There's basically two very subtle different variations of the same editor. They're called Pico and Nano, because Pico is a small thing and Nano is a small thing. <laughs> Pico is smaller so, than Nano. Pico is right? yeah. So the, depending on which version of Linux, Unix, or OS X you're using, you're either going to have Pico or Nano almost certainly. And in fact OS10 re- repeats its little trick with less and more. And OS10 you always have nano. But if you type pico, you think you have pico, but if you do pico minus minus version, it's actually nano. <laughs> okay,
1: what? This time pico is nano?
0: Yeah. Okay. OS10 seems to like to do that. Whatever it is you're used to typing on Linux, it'll probably work in OS10, but it may not be what you think it is. So if you're coming if you come from a Unix that always uses pico, you'll just type pico without thinking OS Ten will give you nano, but you'll have tight Pico, so you'll be happy. Anyway, it really doesn't matter because the two editors are pretty much indistinguishable. The only way you're going to tell the difference is the banner at the top of the page says the name.
1: Okay.
0: So, very straightforward. Nano, space, the path to the file you'd like to edit. Now... There's basically two modes of operation here. You can either use Pico to or Nano to create a file or to edit a pre-existing file. So to edit a pre-existing file, you give it the path to the file you want to edit. And to create a new file, you give it the path where you'd like the file to go. Or you can give it no path and type in the file name at the end when you hit save. It's kind of up to you, but I, I prefer to do Nano and then what I want to actually edit. Okay. So in this case, we're going to create a file because that's the safe thing to do, so I won't break anyone's Mac. So we're going to say nano tilde slash documents slash nanotest.txt. Okay. And if you're not on OS ten, leave out the documents folder because you don't have one of those. So just tilde tilde slash nanotest.txt.
1: All right. So it opens so, up an editor.
0: Yeah. So now you have an editor, and let me do that. So nano. Ah, copy paste. Copy paste is my friend. I, I'm very about myself. Typing type it
1: running. just because I want to try to get some muscle memory in learning it. If I copy and paste, I won't even remember what I copied and pasted.
0: See, the thing is, I'm so bad at multitasking that if I'm typing, I'm silent.
1: (laughs) Which makes for good audio.
0: Makes for great audio. Um, So you're going to see at the top, you have a little banner that says we're using GNU Nano version 2.0.6, and it tells us the file we're working on. And then we have a big text box in the middle, and then at the bottom, we have basically a list of commands. And the thing to remember here is that the up arrow... Or, rep, or the carrot, as it's officially called, represents the control key. So exit is control X. That's okay. really all
1: giddy. So yesterday we spent a half hour trying to figure out which one was the carrot key. Carrot is control.
0: Carrot is control. <laughs> okay. So I think it begins with a C. Oh, and so really, okay. you just have an editor here. You have a cursor, you type, you hit enter, you have the you up arrows, the down arrows, the left, the right arrows. It's just a text editor. Nothing terribly exciting at all. Okay. So once you've done writing, so in this case, I've recommended we do the sort of nerd cliche hello world. So type in hello world, and now we'd like to save the file. So you're probably thinking, well, control S, surely. No, that would be too simple. What we actually want to do is write out the file. So it's control O for out. Right, Mm. Which confuses people, but it is written down there. Now, if you do control X, it will tell you... Wouldn't you like me to save first? So you can do control X, hit yes, or you can just do control O. So you do control O, and then it will pop up the path to the file. So you could edit it there if you decide you actually want to do a save as. You just edit the path and then hit enter when you're happy with where it's going to go.
1: How would you edit the path? It says file name to write colon slash blah, blah, blah.
0: blah." Right, your cursor works in there. Oh. Oh. Okay. So you just edit it. (laughs) Ooh. And you hit enter. And okay. then the file is written out. How exciting. Now, it's it's saved it without quitting, which you may want to do. Or if you just want to do the whole lot in one go, if you make some more edits and then do Control-X, it'll say, oh, there's some saved stuff here. Answering no will destroy those changes. What would you like me to do? Y for yes. We get exactly the same prompt as before. We hit enter, and this time we're thrown out a nano because we asked it to leave. Okay. So, very straightforward. Slightly unintuitive... You would imagine control S, but it's actually control O. But other than that, it's pretty okay. And really, that's all you absolutely need to know. So from here on in, you can tune out if you like.
1: Well, so, so ed- editing is where I always get stuck though. So okay. if, if I want to, if I wanted to go back and say, change it to hello worlds, I would have sure. no idea how to do it in, I, I know I'm looking at, the, I'm cheating. I'm looking ahead in the show notes on where, uh, the editor you're talking about with advanced editing, I could never remember how to do anything in there.
0: That, yeah, I I know why, because it, it does one unintuitive thing that you don't expect. And once you remember that it's okay, okay but it's really unintuitive.
1: So, <laughs> so in, you, It looks like with, uh, with nano, I can just move around with my arrow keys. Can I use my cursor?
0: No. Uh, no, no, no. It's pure command line. It has no idea what your mouse is. It has no idea that it's hovering around there. Hasn't a clue. All right. So yeah, nano, name of file, enter, or indeed nano space, drag and drop from the finder, enter. Because OS X is great like that.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. So. Okay. There we go. Cool.
0: So that's that, that, that's the bit we need to know because nano is enough. But if you want to, if you're going to do a lot of editing, it's probably worth your while to learn the power stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, this is where we enter into an absolute minefield. There are two power editors out there. They are both from the 1970s and they both have a fanatical following. They're also both fantastic. But really, you're, it's very rare to find that it's like, you know, Republicans and Democrats is that level of polarized. It's very rare to find someone who is both an expert at VI, and an expert at Emacs. You are either a VI person or an Emacs person. I'm a VI person, so that's what we're going to talk about today. But bear in mind there is Emacs, which does all the same cool stuff VI does. And Emacs, in fact, goes a step further because it has an entire built-in programming language to allow you to write your own macros.
1: Now, I swear that VI was actually embedded in one of the early word processing computers I used. I remember I... I I worked on a um, this, it was this giant machine at, uh, I can't remember where that was. I think it was when I was working on my master's project. And I, I swear, when I see the commands, they look the same. So I think I might have used it, but not necessarily, it must have been Unix inside somewhere.
0: That's, that's entirely plausible. I mean, a lot of the gadgets you pick up today have Linux in there. You yeah. never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, But they do. So yeah, it's it's entirely plausible that whoever made the first word processor had come from a computery background and was a VI person. Entirely plausible. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so we are going to look at VI. And before we look at VI, I need to explain a slight potential confusion. So VI dates to the 1970s. That means VI is old. So the original version of VI was really quite rubbish. And so the real version of VI is something called Vim, which is VI improved. Hmm. So you take the the V from VI and the IM from the front of improved, then you get Vim. There are still a few, and I do mean a few, older distributions that when you type VI, they assume you really do mean the ye olde crappy VI, and that if you wanted Vim, you would have typed Vim. But on just about every modern system I have ever come across in the last decade, when you type VI, you're getting Vim. If you're not sure... Type vi minus minus version. And on OS X, unsurprisingly, vi is Vim. So, okay. I am assuming for the rest of this discussion that you have Vim. If you didn't have Vim, you would have to use JKLM, I think it is, as arrow keys and all sorts of stupid archaic rubbish.
1: That's what right. I was using back then. JKLM, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is literally, I mean, this says 1976 was when Bill Joy came out with it, according to Wikipedia. This would be like a year mm-hmm. later, a couple of years later than that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So if the arrow keys don't work, you've probably ended up in ye olde VI instead of Vim by mistake. You get out and type Vim. <laughs> Okay. But as I say, on, on OS 10, don't worry about it. VI will work just fine. And the same goes for, um, Ubuntu, CentOS, all the Unix, or the, all the Linuxes I've used in the last decade. But anyway, just to clarify in case anyone's wondering about VI and Vim, that, that's the story. So the, the, there is one mental jump you have to make before you can use VI and it's counterintuitive. And until you make the jump, VI is going to be absolutely bizarre to you. VI is a so-called modal editor, which means that it is always in a mode. And what it will do depends on what mode it's in. Now, thankfully, it only has two modes. So it's not an utter, you know, head wrecker. But so the first mode is command mode. And when you're in command mode, nothing you type is added to your document because VI is interpreting what you're typing as commands to VI to tell VI what it should be doing. And then the other mode is insert mode, where VI is not watching anything you do, it's just putting it straight into the document without thinking about
1: it. Oh, yeah, that explains why I always got stuck.
0: Right. So when you open a file, the first mode it's in is command mode. And so if you start typing, the likelihood is actually very high that you're going to accidentally type a command, which might be the command to delete everything. <laughs> this, this does happen all the time. And it confuses the heck out of people. So that is, that is the, the takeaway to learn. Vi is modal. You're always in either command mode or insert mode. So vi just, as you'd expect, vi space file name. Enter. So let's do vi document slash vitest.txt. Again, if you're not on OS 10, leave out the documents. Okay. So, that now and vi opens and it is now in command mode. Now you have a cursor and you can move it around with the arrow keys. Okay.
1: Okay. So that's the first
0: thing to notice. You then want to start edit, entering text. Now, oh, of course, you're opening a blank this. file, so you can move the cursor from position zero to position zero, i.e. from the start of the file to the oh, end of the
1: file. Oh, okay. That's why it's bonking <laughs> at me. <laughs>
0: yeah. I was going to say, sorry, I've, I've I've run through my own instructions already, and I now, I don't have a file with zero lines. I have a file with a lot of lines, and you'll understand why as we go through this. Okay, Okay. so right now it's in command mode, and you can't actually do anything other than enter commands. So the first thing to know is how to go from command mode into insert mode. And unsurprisingly, the key is I, I for insert. So when you hit I, the bottom of the screen says minus, minus, insert in all capitals, minus, minus. Okay. That is the mental cue that you need to get used to in your peripheral vision that tells you you're in insert mode. So as you now type hello world exclamation point, you're typing hello world exclamation point. Okay. So it's behaving entirely normally. Right. So to get back from insert mode to command mode, it's the escape key. So you hit escape and the insert vanishes. Ah. To go okay. back in, you'd hit the I key, insert is back, escape, insert is gone again. So why would you want a command mode in a text editor? Well, actually, if you think about what we do in our text editors in the GUI, we actually there's plenty of reasons to do that. So as an example, let's copy that line of text we've just created. Now, VI is so old, it predates the vocabulary that has become established. So when VI was invented, no one had thought of copy paste. So the the phrase they use is yank and put. <laughs> okay. Right? So, so like yank, FTP
1: was f- put and fetch. We'll yeah, exactly. And put put and,
0: put. Yeah. So okay. this is so old, it doesn't use the vocabulary you'd expect. Not because it's being weird. It's just because it wasn't invented yet. So to yank a line of text, the command is YY. So you hit YY and you're not going to see anything happen. But it's yanked.
1: While I'm in command line?
0: While you're in command mode. Otherwise, you'll type the letter Y and the letter Y. (laughs)
1: Okay, but do I need to be in any particular place on the...
0: You are going to yank the whole current line with the YY command. Okay. So wherever you are, doesn't matter as long as you're in a line. And you have a total of one so far, so you can't go wrong. Okay. So let's make two of those. So the command to paste the line is... P for put. So P. Now you have hello world, hello world. Hmm. Now one of the things I adore about VI is that you, you can put a number in front of a command and it will do that command that number of times. So let's make five hundred and two of those. We already have two, so we'll type five hundred P. Oh look. You at have that. now created a five hundred and two line text file. Huh. Now let's... Let me see, what am I next in my show notes? Let's do this according to the notes. (laughs) Because otherwise I'm going to make a mess of this. Um, So the next thing we might want to do, we've now created 500 lines of madness. We probably want to actually save this file. So the command to write a file is colon W. Enter. And it will say blah C written, which is the number of characters. It will also tell you how many lines you have. So it will say name of the file... So many L, comma so many C written. So, so many lines, so many characters.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: The command to get the hell out of here is colon Q. Enter. And you can actually do the two together. So, you can do colon WQ to write and quit. Okay. Now, the escape sequence, as I call it, for when you inevitably, and I still do this, you go into VI, you forget what mode you're in and you start to type, and you accidentally type commands which just cause you to paste five million lines or something stupid, and you've ruined your file. You hit the escape key to make sure you're in command mode, you type colon q exclamation point, which means run away. <laughs> so that means exit and do not save. So that is an important one to know, colon q exclamation point. So, if you're going to start
1: but, using vi, if you really want to be, uh, you know, get your geek cred on here, mm-hmm. you probably want to write these down on like a sticky or something to remember. Ah, for a while. stay
0: tuned. Stay tuned to the end of the. To, I have a much better suggestion at the end of the show. Notes. Okay. So colon w colon wq and colon q exclamation point are very important to know. But anyway, let's go back into vi, back into our file, and we're going to stay in this magical um, command line mode. So we've yanked, we've pushed. We've done it 500 times, so we now have 502 versions of Hello World. I have just decided to become a megalomaniac, and I would like to say hello to the entire universe. Rather than making that change 502 times, I'm going to use global substitution. So, colon, percent sign, which means don't do this on one line, do this on the entire file. S for substitute, forward slash what, so in this case world with a capital W, Forward slash two what? In this case, universe, which I put in all caps just for fun. Enter. 502 worlds have just become universe. Ah, look at that. It's efficient. hmm, It's very efficient. And this is great for stuff like when you have a template. Like this is a template Apache config, and I just want to change every occurrence of my IP address. Right. S, one IP address, slash the other IP address, enter. Done. Very useful. Yeah. So the other thing we can do, and now that we we have a a typo, yeah, run away. I actually, yeah, right, right. Exclamation point! Seriously, (laughs) I do that a lot.
1: Actually, find Um, it really. I always think about these because a lot of times I need to change two things, and if you do them out of order, sometimes you change the first one to what you didn't want to be able to capture in the second one, kind of thing.
0: Gotta you can, yeah, solution. it is it is easy with pattern matching to get your pattern wrong. Right. Because when you do the slash S thing in VI, it's actually doing pattern matching, so you can use star and all these kind of things in there. And then you can really tie yourself in knots. Mm. Anyway, we now have a file with many hundreds of lines, and navigating it with the arrow keys is a pain in the backside. So the command mode actually makes it easier to jump around too. Let's go to line 25, colon, 25, enter. We're now at line 25. Hmm. So when you get an error message telling you there's an error on line 4792 of the large program Ooh. you're working on, you open it in VI, you go colon, blah, 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 enter. Okay. Let's say you have a really big line of programming where it's, gone, it's you know, wrapped around five times and you want to get to the end of it. Dollar sign jumps you to the end.
1: Yeah, it's like you're disturbing that it sticks on the last letter, not to the right of the last letter.
0: Because that's yes, just something to get don't. used to. Uh, yes and no, because we'll come back to that. Okay. Go back to the front of the line, zero. So dollar to the back, zero to the front. Colon one, top of the file. Now, you can enter a number that's bigger than the file. So if you just want to jump to the end of a file and you have no idea how big it is, you'll often see me type colon one and then hold down the zero key for a bit and then hit enter. I'm going to jump to the bottom of the file.
1: oh colon one did something. It's typing. Colon now. one
0: started the line. You in insert mode, hit escape.
1: No, I'm not. There's nothing written at the bottom. It doesn't say insert.
0: Okay. Oh, the very bottom line, that's your command prompt. So as you're typing any of these commands, I've been telling you, you should have seen them all come up there.
1: But I'm hitting enter. Oh, it's leaving at the bottom. Okay, gotcha. I'm, I'm caught up. Okay. I'll try to be good.
0: Okay. So that's navigating around, which is handy. Um... The other thing, of course, we can do is delete stuff. So we can say DD to delete a whole lot of text. It's one line gone. You can hardly tell in our 500 line thing. So let's get rid of 400. 400 DD. There we go. Wait. That's have got rid of a lot the of them. number first? So it's the number and then what you want to do. So 400 DD.
1: My cursor's not at the bottom anymore. What's going on? Now I'm... H- yeah. Okay, I see all my lines, and then I see colon one at the bottom.
0: Okay, so you haven't typed 400DD yet. Or maybe you have. Don't worry. About it. Just type it and hit enter. It'll be fine.
1: Should I have been able to... Ta- I've still got a bunch of it on the screen, so I can't tell if it's gone. Um, we'll do it. Do yeah.
0: Okay. It pro- it should have said blah fewer lines when you hit enter.
1: It does this... Yeah, 37 fewer lines. Okay. Hmm. Okay. If-
0: You tried to delete 37 and there weren't, uh, you tried to delete 200, there weren't that many. Okay. You've made this file very small. (laughs) Okay. Um, As well as deleting whole lines, you can also delete um, individual characters. So if you hold down the X key, it'll take one character at a time. Or something you may want to do is delete everything from where the cursor is to the end of the line, which is capital D. Which is basically truncates the line to where I'm completely
1: lost. I'm completely lost, completely lost. Okay, so where last we left our hero, oh, I still have 37 fewer lines showing.
0: Okay, so you want to delete one character, put the cursor somewhere, hit the X key. That one character vanishes. Anyway, just move the cursor around with the arrow keys, oh, okay, hit the gotcha. X key. Okay. A, a character vanishes.
1: Okay.
0: Now, put the cursor somewhere in the middle of a line of text and do Shift-D, and everything from the cursor to the end of the line disappears. Oof. Oof. There's Actually no. There's happy.
1: no undo, is there?
0: Uh, run away. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then, yeah, so we've done DD 400DD. So that's all the commands that I use regularly anyway. There are more. There's always more. That's the thing with vi. There's always more to learn. But that's some of the important stuff. So the last thing I just want to say is there are multiple ways of entering into insert mode. So I just puts you wherever the cursor is. And like you say, the cursor hovers over the end of a line. So if you do I, and you hit enter, you end up bringing that bloody exclamation point with you. Yeah. Isn't that annoying? So you'd have to go I arrow key enter. Well, you don't actually. Put your cursor on the end, hit the A key instead of the I key. And you will append, which means that you will start one, one to the right of where you were.
1: Unless you've forgotten you're in the insert mode.
0: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> How do I get, get back to now?
1: the regular mode? Escape. Escape.
0: Escape. Okay. Okay. So, stick the cursor on the end of the line and hit A instead of I, and then it behaves like you'd hope.
1: Okay. Append.
0: But actually, you don't even have to do that. Put the cursor anywhere in the middle of the line and hit O. When you're not in insert mode, obviously.
1: (laughs) Okay. Which I am.
0: And what that does is it opens, as it calls it, a whole new line straight below the current line and puts your cursor there in insert mode.
1: Oh, that's a nice one.
0: And its opposite number, and you'll find this a lot in VI, its opposite number is Shift O. Which opens a line above where you are now, unless you're in insert mode. Unless you're in insert mode, (laughs) when it just types capital O.
1: Okay, so that's interesting. The O, so the O also um, puts you in insert mode.
0: Yes. So these are other. So I A O and capital O are all different ways of getting to insert mode, depending on what it is you actually want to do. And so they're really handy shortcuts. So if you're programming something and you just want to insert below the next line, it doesn't matter where you are on the line, you just hit O. And hey, presto, you're you're where you should be. Or if you're coding and you want to insert a comment above something you've just done to remind you what it is you've done, Shift-O. Now you're in exactly the right place to do that. It is much quicker than arrowing around like a loon. <laughs> And so as you get used to this whole yanking, copying things 500 times, doing your pattern matching to do your global searches and replaces, all of a sudden you're actually basically doing what you would do in a fancy editor like Smalltron or whatever, only you're doing it on the command line. And you have, you know, people have been doing it since the 70s. (laughs) In fact, most of Unix would have been written in either VI or Emacs. Right, Right. And as I say, whatever I can do in VI, you can also do in Emacs. You could argue there's things Emacs can do that VI can't. But the VI can do an awful lot more than I need. So, getting good at this is a matter of practice. And this really, what I've talked about today, is like the absolute tip of the VI iceberg. My advice is, once you remember the fact that you have these two modes, all you really need is a little cheat sheet to tell you what the commands are. And so you'll see that there's a little link to a page at the bottom here, which has some graphics. And the first one I have printed out on an A4 page and stuck to my wall. (laughs) <laughs> it's called the VI VIM graphical cheat sheet.
1: I like it. There's command, uh, colon W for save, colon Q for quit, colon Q exclamation point, run away.
0: Yep. They're all in there.
1: Oh, I like the way they did uh, it. Like you mentioned, you said, O was open up a, a line below and capital O was open above. They put those as though they're on the keys, upper and yes. lower case. So that's cool.
0: So P is paste or push before capital P so when we pasted, we put after, but you could have put before by using capital instead of lowercase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll find that for loads of things. Yank.
1: Oh, cool. So there you go. And there's those arrow keys.
0: <laughs> and those arrow um, keys. j k
1: and L, if you're really using V, I, because this is for V, I, and Vim.
0: Yes. And all the V, I, st- all the V, I stuff works in Vim. So if you're in command mode, you can use those letters as arrow keys if you like.
1: I might actually try to do this part because a lot of times I've tried to go back and use VI and as soon as I type VI, I go, Oh yeah. How do I work with this again? And then I do the run away. I think I just close the window is what I do.
0: Well, that's a very effective way to run away, but at least at the very least escape. If you have in your head escape to make double sure you're in command mode colon Q exclamation point, that always gets you out.
1: We messing around with those commands that you had, like like O and and A for a pen and that sort of thing. That got me really good at remembering. Escape was how to get out of the uh the insert mode because I kept screwing it up.
0: Yeah, and the muscle memory is really
1: quick on that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and seriously, that I I sort of jokingly said you'll see it out of the corner of your eye. You really will get used to seeing that bold insert in the bottom left corner out of the corner of your eye, and you will mentally just know it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And you're also only keeping track of two modes, so you'll very soon just keep track of them. You know, even the man like me who can't multitask can manage to keep track of whether I'm in one yeah. mode or the other most of the time. All right. Well,
1: this has been pretty fun. I feel uh, I'm feeling powerful, Bart.
0: Excellent. Well, that that's as I say, the VI stuff was just a taster for those interested. The really important thing is just you're basically less a nano slash pico. If that's all you remember from today, you're golden. That's all you'll need to know for the next stuff we're doing
1: all right cool cool that was a lot of fun bart and uh it was fun time traveling with you we'll find out uh what happens with the time traveling on security light i guess they'll know by now
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah whenever whenever for when, literally whenever um i'm talking to you next until then happy computing insert tardis, tardis noise here
1: We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Taming the Terminal. Remember that all of the information you've been hearing is available as text tutorials at bartb.ie slash ttt. If you'd like to contact us, you can write to allison at podfeed.com or podcasting at bartafisser.net.